In the name of the Holy Trinity, the three in one, Father, Creator, Son, Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, Sustainer. Amen. Now, if I were making a movie about the Trinity, it would go something like this. I'd have, first of all, I'd have a very simple poster that just said, the Trinity. And underneath, I would have a log line that said, believe the mystery, dot, dot, dot. And people would see it on bus stops and billboards, and they would wait for a little more information about what this movie, The Trinity, was going to be about. Maybe another, would, another poster would pop up around the city that just said, three in one, are you ready? Or get ready to believe the impossible. Or how about unity never looked so different? The first act would be about the main character, God, creating all of creation and thinking it was good, and then conflict would emerge between God and creation and creation and creation. So by the end of act one, God would be completely rejected and God would have to save the world. So God comes down as Jesus, but then that adds a whole new set of conflicts and God as Jesus gets abducted and tortured and at the end of act two, all seems lost as Jesus dies on the cross. But Jesus is resurrected in act three and at the end of act three, there is this big dance party montage of the Holy Spirit coming down and everyone is amazed and there are tongues of fire and everybody understands languages and God revels in creation. But that's not the end because there is an ending that leaves you hanging and you just know, you just know there's going to be a sequel. So what is this sequel? Well, why do we celebrate the Trinity? It's, it's doctrine, it's not a scriptural event. It's not something that is overtly witnessed to or described in scripture. After all, don't we actually celebrate the Trinity every Sunday? Every Sunday we acknowledge God as our creator and Jesus Christ as the one sent by God to redeem all of humanity through the activity of the Holy Spirit who, who sets our imaginations on fire. So why set aside a special day for it? We say the Nicene Creed every Sunday when we have a Eucharist, or if we're doing morning prayer like we're doing this morning, we say the Apostles' Creed. And both of these creeds basically outline the faith as a belief in the three-in-one, a perfect unity of the one Godhead. Well, that should be simple enough, right? Harder yet is why preach on it. I had, a, I had a professor once who basically said that sooner or later a preacher speaking too much about the Trinity will probably make a bad analogy about which borders on heresy by trying to put into simple words something that defies reason. People have died over their interpretation of the Trinity. It was St. Augustine who basically said, if you can fully grasp it, it's not God. It's true. We can never completely grasp the complex nature of God because we are not and never will be God. But we can use and we must use scripture and doctrine to live reasonable and faithful lives dedicated to the worship of God as the creator who reaches humanity through Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, why celebrate it? Well, because everything we believe and do centers 
on the divinity of Jesus. Without the divinity of Jesus, there is no Christianity. Without the Trinity, there is no equal divinity. Christianity collapses. Everything Jesus said and did would be a lie and, and scripture would become irrelevant and our relationship with the divine becomes a distant, vague concept. So we celebrate not only the Christian expression of divinity itself, but our, our whole Christian faith. That's pretty monumental. And as we approach in our liturgical calendar, the time of the year that is often called ordinary time, which takes us usually through the summer months, most all the summer months and into the fall, where many of us may leave for vacations and summer breaks. Um, and actually, don't we all need to get away after being isolated for over a year? So when we are leaving, going away, and when it is the season normally when the church usually winds down a little bit until the fall, don't forget the one to whom we belong. And remember that we will still be constantly called into relationship with this divinity, no matter where we are on vacation in the world. That the sequel may just be the summer blockbuster we've all been waiting for. In my pre-organized religion days, I was once someone who said, well, can't we just pray to God? Why do we need Jesus? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? God is just God. God is all things good. God is a rejection of evil and doing bad things. God is in the very fabric of all nature. And actually some of our American founding fathers and writers like Thomas Paine were of this same mind as well, not really believing in the divinity of Jesus. It was Thomas Jefferson who saw the Godhead of three in one as so problematic, he actually called it incomprehensible jargon of the Trinitarian arithmetic. He, along with others of his time, have been called deists. And deists believed that human reason alone was God's divine revelation to all humans and that nature teaches us everything. So I went to a deism website to see what was out there on the subject. The website said, Instead of having billions of people chasing after the nonsensical violence-promoting myths of the revealed religions, meaning Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, people will be centered on their God-given reason, which will lead to limitless personal and societal progress. I don't know about you, but I don't always trust my reason. And I'm happy I don't have to. It's a relief, actually. But we can always learn something from others who are of a different belief, and we have to be careful not to scoff too much at those who do not believe the way we do. Because when we look at the disbelief of the world out there, of what we profess in here between these walls, and there's a lot of disbelief of what we take here very seriously, we can actually strengthen our own beliefs. So it's important to listen to others, and it's important to question and say, huh, what is it that I actually do believe? Do I believe that my reason alone has all the answers? Do I believe that I can understand completely the mind and actions of God? When we question and learn to articulate our own beliefs, we learn how to then witness to others as our beliefs 
get stronger. Remember, last week I talked about evangelism, the witnessing, the proclamation of what we believe. So questioning is good. After all, to question is simply to quest. Our faith is a quest. It is a journey. And that is what I like so much about Nicodemus, the Pharisee in the gospel reading today. He's not such a bad guy as Pharisees go. He comes out to seek Jesus. He asks questions that I really believe are on his heart. He, he takes the time to engage Jesus instead of dismissing him or demonizing him. You know, he takes a pretty big risk, so much so that he has to come out at night into the shadows he seeks Jesus. So his fellow Pharisees will not see that he is speaking to Jesus. He seeks Jesus out when it's probably not safe, actually, for him to do so. Nicodemus, I think, really wants to know the truth. He wants answers. So I like Nicodemus because I believe he represents to us a Christianity for today, a chance to be authentic, to find an authentic voice, a chance to ask the hard questions, to figure it out what it is that you truly believe, a chance to not be afraid of something that is not so easily understood, a chance to believe something not just because we were told we have to or we were told as children that we had to believe, a chance to doubt, a chance to move beyond being too literal, because when we do this, we open ourselves up and we allow ourselves to find true connection. And isn't that what we are all after anyway? A connection to something so that we don't feel that, that ache of emptiness or, or unknowing. Nicodemus does get stuck, however, by being a little bit too literal. Jesus talks about being born again, and he says to Jesus, well, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? He takes Jesus's teachings a little bit too literally, and he doesn't get it. But you know, Jesus is fairly patient because maybe Nicodemus won't understand it now. Maybe Nicodemus won't get it now. But who's to say he won't understand it someday, sometime in the future? And that's what we need to remember about our own journey and when we speak to others about our faith. Our reason is not so powerful that we can make sense of everything all at once. The problem of thinking that we can is that we have nowhere to turn when we can't. When our own reason fails us, Going back to our movie poster, we sometimes need to simply believe the mystery, dot, dot, dot. We need the God as three because God the Father or, or Creator reveals transcendence. God the Son reveals God marching in solidarity with humanity. We need God the Holy Spirit who inspires us beyond our own reason and fear. And the Trinity is how God expresses God's self for those times when all of it as a whole doesn't quite make sense. In the bulletin today, I hope you were able to download it, there is a picture of a very famous icon by Andrei Rublev, written in the 15th century. And this, this icon has represented the Trinity for centuries. And as I believe that God speaks to us in languages and ways that we can understand, God can speak to us through images and art. Take a look at this icon. 
Many believe that the central figure of this icon is Jesus with his hand outstretched over the cup. Again, Jesus's divinity at the center and seated at the table is God the Father or creator on the left and the Holy Spirit sitting there on the right. What's apparent about this icon is that at the table, there is room for another chair. The three aren't all huddled together as a cozy, distant family. What we see in this icon is an open invitation to come to the table, pull up a chair for humanity to join the family of God. We're, we, we are being drawn into the family of God, drawn by the spirit, as we hear in Paul's letter to the Romans today, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God, adopted into God's family. The Trinity, although it is perfect unity and could remain perfect without humanity at all, still invites us to complete the picture. The Trinity invites us to stay connected through the ordinary times. The times also when we feel a lack or an emptiness to stay in relationship, find a way to stay in relationship. That when we feel disconnected from a loved one, with a community, with church, with a job or whatever, to remember to come back to the table, come to the table, invite friends to the table, come hungry with questions. Keep this bulletin, keep this picture and look at it from time to time as a reminder that we always have a seat at the table. Jesus tells the disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, we can't reason. We can't reason at all. We have to let faith lead us sometimes, especially through the hardships and the sufferings. So join the family at the table. Let others know that they are welcome there too. Go out from here to the nations or wherever you may go, whatever you may do this summer, go out there and change lives. Come back here refreshed and change lives. Stay in town and change lives. That's the sequel to the Trinity movie that needs to be written starting this Sunday and from this day forward in all that we do. Amen. <laughs>